Well, it's time for praises, so what you got? Gosh. Uh, Christine had her last scan, whatever you call it. I don't think we're going to have no more. Everything checked out, everything looked good. Baby's happy, mama's happy. Doing well. And the baby's meant for big. Who's what? She's doing March for some reason. Yeah, she is. But it was oh, the last. She doesn't have. We don't want to do any more of the scannings. Oh, the scans. Yeah, it's but the last scan. weekly visits, right? Yeah, we still have visits, I think, once a month or something. And eventually it goes every two weeks. But, uh, yeah. It's the last scan, which I'm happy about. But cool. everything looks good. Baby's happy, mom's happy. Big baby. <laughs> Taking your spot? You want to try it? Yeah, probably will, at least for a while. <laughs> at least for a while. Who else? Praises. Well, we had a good crowd yesterday for shorter than normal, but I thought we had a pretty good turnout for young cars. Yeah, had a good turnout. I didn't win a game, not one. All right, who else? David, you have a praise this morning? I would have praise. Well, I figured you would. What is it? Praise is in my heart. Okay. And I just give thanks to the Lord, Jesus, my Savior, that I had such a wonderful winter, and, and things are going so well with Dylan, and I hate to mention it because sometimes his attitude fall out once I praise him and give him. Well, just, yeah. We just had such a beautiful time. Good. Amen. So I'm happy. He's happy. The dog is happy. I not only don't need a dog, I don't want a dog. Yeah. All right. Who else? Praises. What do you have praise this morning? Oh, praise every morning. Praise I get to see myself in the mirror. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Praise for all my friends. Amen. Yeah. Praise we live in the difference. Amen. Oh, I, I hope my daughter survives. She just sent me a, she's minus two of an Indian. Yeah. Jerry, what's your praise, buddy? I'm praising the Lord for the work that he did yeah, for me this week. Yeah, uh, he's falling uh, for a sweater pocket. Uh, <laughs> uh, praise the Lord, I, I, I started to throw my back a little bit. You know how usually you just get that. Oh, yeah. And then it just goes bad and bad and bad and gets worse. I got better, better, better. Awesome. Well, try to remember what you did. I can say a singular praise that my sciatica pain's going away. Yeah. Who's your favorite president? Julia? Your favorite president? <laughs> oh. Well, I thought it must be George W. Because you well, you said you w you good. you said it was similar. He's the only one I know that ever used that word. But Eva. Yesterday, I helped this young man to get off the street. I ended up having to call Adult Protective Services because I knew that the uh, cold winter was coming today and tomorrow and he was lying on the street so I helped him to get off the street 
if anyone, and I know you've seen him, Mother, I followed yeah, in him. In front of the family dollar? I followed him around and make him get oh, out of the street. I'm giving him a little money here and there, but he's and he's crippled, too. Yeah, he, he walks on his knees. I know. And I'm looking for a three-wheeler so that I can help him to get around. Um, and he lives in a little shed. But I did find a place where it was stay over the weekend. When it's cold. And he, um, I'm, I'm trying to get adult protective services to put him in a nursing home. Yeah, that's, so, that's a good idea. So that's that. That's the best I can do. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Praise us. Who else? Josh. Uh, I'll praise the Lord for uh, yesterday. Uh, me and wife got to spend about half a day with nothing on our plate. We got to just enjoy each other's company, which don't happen often. You know, we, we always have something something to do. So we got to spend about half a day just laughing and joking with each other and really having a good time. Um, and also, Saturday morning, I went out and I, I helped a lady. I wrapped her three or four. She needed help her husband not feeling well, and she couldn't do it. I wasn't expecting much for it. I told her, so just, I'll just do it. And if you feel like you want to pay me, you can pay me whatever you think. You know, no big deal. She, she paid me a lot. She gave me a bunch of cash, and I was so praise the Lord for that. That was that was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord there. Amen. That is awesome. Can you can you buy smudge pots anywhere nowadays? Smudge pot. Yeah, there's. With a wick in the top, and you set them near your plants outside, and you light them, and it keeps them from freezing. I've never heard of them. What are they? Smudge pots. Smudge pots. Valley on to protect the uh, citrus crops. Yeah. Or thousands of them. Florida was. You know, I heard. My dad told me that in Florida, a lot of times they'll turn the irrigation on when it freezes and cover the trees with ice, and that is like some. Yeah, I've heard that too. That seems a little strange, a little messy. Oh well, yeah. Does it work? I guess it does been blessed with uh, a little influx of business that we haven't had here for over a month. So Amen. Careful. Amen. And, and wellness Amen. struck again. Took a while, but... Wellness. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. COVID did not show up with the scratchy throat and it took a week to get rid of it. Amen. Got struck up with wellness. Amen. <laughs> and, and besides that, uh, yeah. her uh, class uh, for Tuesday has been put off for a week. We were worried about the weather situation. So yeah. We, uh, we, we don't have to drive in Very thankful <laughs> there that we don't have to go out and... Uh, find that nobody shows up because of the lousy weather, at least the whole thing got canceled. Yeah. Temporarily. Glenda. And I praise the Lord for my family always in the church and all that. I got so many honeydew things off of my plate this week with my son and my, both of my sons actually. Little things that was done at my rent house, my rent houses. That just amazed me. Plus, I got one of them rented out. I got, got it rented out and start February 1st. So cool. That's well, wonderful people. February could turn out to be a unique month for us this year. We uh, uh, we'll see the the people that uh, wrote, wrote us a contract on the land, our land for sale, the church property. 
uh, have bought extensions for about a year now, and uh, that is scheduled to close around the first part of February. It looks like it may happen this time, so we'll see if it does. They have not uh, came back and, and asked for another extension, this, so, and it's coming up pretty quick. And uh, I was able to get in touch with some old friends in Oklahoma that was involved in when we obtained that land. And uh, I've got them working on a, a deed adjustment that needs to be made before that closing. So that's all working, and that's a good thing. So, you know, most people think a deed is a deed, and if you have one, you got one. But a quit claim deed and a warranty deed are not the same thing. But uh, they both mean you own it, but uh, attorney's got to do something to keep making money for nothing. For no good reason at all. Anybody else? Praises. We're going to get into John chapter 5 and 6 here if, if the praises are done. That's it. Well, I'm glad you're here because there's a bunch of us today that are not. And uh, that whole section right there is gone. So. so anyway, we're glad you're here. So, All right. John chapter 5. We, uh, we finished up uh, at verse 29. So chapter, uh, verse number 30 through the rest of the chapter is the subject of discussion for today. I really wanted to get on to chapter 6 because it's such a cool chapter. This is the first uh, feeding of the loaves and fishes, the miraculous feeding of 5,000 people with a, a young lad's lunch. Five barley. He really liked barley loaves because he had five. I guess he was saving some for later. Uh, John chapter uh, 5, verse number 30. Jesus is talking to the uh, scribes and Pharisees and the other crowd of Jews that were following with them. And John chapter 5, if, who, can, who can just tell me in just a sentence or two what's happened so far in John chapter 5? He healed the guy at the pool. He healed the guy at the pool. Told him to take up your bed and walk. And why did he do that? Yeah, he picked. He literally picked a fight with the Pharisees because he did it on the Sabbath and told the guy to pick up his bed and walk. He did it on purpose. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. If the teacher wrote. Uh, some rules for the first grade class and one of the rules was what you could bring to class and what you couldn't and the teacher brought some things that were on the on the rule list is does that rule apply to the teacher or is it just to the class it's just to the class, yeah, to the class. Jesus wrote the rules Moses penned to put them down, but whose finger was it that wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablet? Jesus. 
That's exactly who it was. All things were created by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Pretty well settles that issue. And so Jesus tells them uh, what's for. And they have... uh, uh, they have been preached to at this point in the in the in the chapter. He told them that he that hears his word and believes on him that sent him has everlasting life and are never going to be condemned. John five twenty four. That's one of the most uh, valuable verses in the Bible for you to know by heart. By the way, John five twenty four. And he talks about judgment that's coming. And then when he gets down to verse 30, he says this about his judgment. He says, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he beareth witness of me is true. And who's he talking about? Does anybody know? Well, you'll find out in the next verse. Uh, he said, You sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I received not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Now that's an interesting statement. He said, he said to them that they were willing to rejoice in what John preached for a season. And then once John recognized him as the Messiah and pointed that out, they kind of all went backwards on that. Uh, He says the works do bear witness. I'm thinking of John chapter 3. And one of the Pharisees wasn't as stupid as the other Pharisees. And his name was what? Anybody know? Nicodemus. Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a poster child for how the works of Jesus bear witness to who he is. Uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus, and he said to him, verse 2, We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about here in chapter 5 when he tells them, that the works that he does bears witness that he is of the Father. He said, the, the, the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. He said, and the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. How did that come out, by the way? How did the Father bear witness of Jesus. Anybody know? Anybody remember it? <coughs> Jesus was in uh, Galilee up there by where you see Nazareth on the map. John is baptizing down here 
west of J Jerusalem, uh, around Jericho, there in the Jordan River, before you get to the Dead Sea. And Jesus walked that 60 miles where John was to be baptized. What happened when Jesus was baptized? The Spirit came down like a dove. Okay, what? The Spirit, the Spirit the came down like a dove. Okay. The, and God spoke. And God, said and God spoke. Yes. God spoke them and what did God say? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That happened two different occasions, uh, by the way. But the Father did indeed bear witness of Jesus, just like he says right here. Does it say anything about people falling down on their knees or passing out? But I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen. Maybe. It wasn't the Benny Hinn show, I'm pretty sure. but. And verse, eight, verse 38 is Jesus telling them their problem. And he says, And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him you believe not. And then he told them, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life, I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe, which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you. Even Moses, in whom you trust. For if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? What was their problem? It's the same problem you had before you trusted Christ. They were unbelievers. When Jesus says that he is uh, of his own self, that he, d he does not judge based on himself. He says he judges based on not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me, verse 30 tells us. Is there any difference between the will of Jesus and the will of the Father? Yeah. No, no, I mean, in the garden he prays that, you know, if, if, if thou wilt take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. So apparently there isn't. He's wanting that. Well, that's, I understand, you know, pointing that out. But in the garden he said, if it be possible, yeah, let this cup pass from me. I thought with God all things were possible. How do you reconcile that? Talking about what, Jamie? It's not talking about the will. It's talking about if there was anybody else that could do this, if this cup passed away. But there was no one else that could do that. Right. Well, what I think so much of what Jesus said wasn't like it was for us, not because he's really. I think also maybe it's the interpretation of the word possible. It doesn't mean that he couldn't do it. It means that he wouldn't. 
There was no other way to take the sip of water. There wasn't anyone else that could fulfill that job, that role. There was no one else that was. That was written for the reader to read, knowing that there's no one else that could do that, what he was about to do, because it's not possible. But, like you said earlier, anything is possible for God, but this will that he had, he was going to do it for the Lord. It's God's will, you know. Where it says all things are possible for God, doesn't it also list right there what all he's talking about? Because God can't do all things like he can't sin. You know, he can't lie. There's there's certain things he can't do. But doesn't it in the scripture it says all things are possible for God? Isn't there a list of all those things? Yeah. There are several places actually, but there are things that uh, unbelievers come up with to try to mock God. Uh, can God create a rock so big that he can't lift it? No. You know, they want to make a joke out of it. But that's not what Jesus was talking about in the garden. When it says, the idea of somebody else doing it isn't in that anywhere either, Jamie. What his, what his point was, if it be possible, if what be possible? Our Say it again? Our salvation. If there's any other way for us to be saved other than him facing what he knew was about to start and and come without going through all that suffering. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, meaning his... I mean, if you know you're facing that kind of suffering and it's coming, would your will be to face it and go through it or not? I would ask if there were another way. I'd gladly take it, but if not, then I'll do it. Yeah, that's exactly what he's talking about. That's exactly what he's talking about. I really wanted to get to chapter 6 today, and it looks like we have. Chapter 6, John. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Now that we have a map, I don't have a little laser pointer. I couldn't hold it still enough to make it work anyway. This is the Sea of Galilee. Is this a sea or is this a sea? Yes. What is this? It's a Mediterranean Sea. Yes. You see a similarity? A similarity? Similarity. <laughs> The word sea just means basin. It's a big bowl. That is a big bowl. Actually, compared to that, it's a really little bowl. It's also called the Sea of Chinnereth. I don't even know where that came from, but it's in some of the maps. Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee. There must have been a town called Chinnereth. Must have been. But this says it's also the Sea of Tiberias. Tiberias is right there. It's a city on the shore of that sea. It also has a nice resort there, and that's where we stayed twice when we were in Israel. And you could look out the balcony, and you could look, you could see all the way across. You could see all the way across the sea. Anyway, that's that's it's called Lake Tiberias, Sea of Galilee. Anyway, there's a lot of names for that lake. 
but you would you would know it as a lake. There are a lot of lakes here in our country that are a lot bigger than the Sea of Galilee. It's fresh water. It's not salt water. That's interesting. There are fish growing and there's there are natural hatcheries in that lake. Does anybody know the kind of fish that's prominent in that lake? <coughs> Tilapia. That is that is the thing that grows there mostly. And they grow by thousands in that lake. Anyway, uh, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles when he, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain. All right, if you if you're there on the shore, and uh, Around you, if you just notice, there are low mountains all around that that sea, that lake. It says Jesus went up into a mountain. Well, when you read that, they're not mountains like in Rockies. So they're like a real mountain or like a Texas mountain? They're they're like hill country mountains. They are. They're they're very similar to the hill country. But they don't have the scrub brush on them. They're, they have a lot of grass growing on them. And he sat there with his disciples. Now, in that particular land type, you got mountains or hills. You call them hills. It's a seed in the Bible. It's a lake to you. It's a mountain in the Bible. It's a hill to you. When that hill comes right down to the water... And if you and this class, we, if we walk up on that hillside and you sit out there on the grass and I'm sit, standing here or sitting on a rock, whatever, and I'm teaching you a Bible class, you're going to hear me pretty well because that sound is coming off that water, the sound waves, and it's like a big amphitheater. Well, that's the situation. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. It was about time, probably about this time of year. Passover's coming up. Uh, Resurrection Sunday's coming up in March this year. Which is like a little bit weird, but yeah. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence? Now, whence is a 16th century word. What does whence mean? Where? 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 Uh, from where? From where? Where is it going to come from? Whence means from where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And Jesus, and he, this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. I'd like for you to remember that because when you read your Bible this year and you're reading in the New Testament and you, you read these different things that Jesus does, some of the things seem like it takes him by surprise. Nothing has ever taken Jesus by surprise. You did not take Jesus by surprise. 
None of the stupid stuff you did in, in life took Jesus by surprise. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Now, I don't know how much 200 penny worth is, but it's a good bit. Buy a lot of bread. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So he asked Philip, How are we going to buy bread? Where are we going to get enough bread to feed these people? Uh, Philip says, uh, we don't have enough money, even if we had a place to go get it. 200 penny worth is not enough. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, what, what's Andrew, uh, what is he known for? Anybody know? Well, yeah. Yeah, he was. He's kind of famous for something. Matter of fact, uh, I named one of my children Andrew because of what Andrew is famous for. Andrew, in the Bible, is famous for bringing people to Jesus. That's what he did. Every time you turn around, Andrew's bringing somebody to Jesus. But here Andrew speaks up. He's Simon Peter's brother. Says to him, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. Well, why, why would he bring that up? He knows it. It's the next thing he says, but what are they among so many? This, is, he, is he expecting Jesus to do this? Well, it sounds kind of like he is. I mean, it doesn't say that he is, but it. He, he pipes up about for, for some reason it's, but he's saying there's a, there's, a, there's a kid here that's got some loaves and a couple of fishes but what's that you know and Jesus said make the men sit down now there was much grass in the place so that the men sat down in number about 5,000 And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. As much as they would. What's that, what's that talking about? As much as they wanted. It's not just until the disciples got tired and they wouldn't do it anymore. No, it's, there's a lot of language in the Bible that you're going to have to make sure that you understand which thing he's talking about. Little things like this. Yeah. When, uh, when it says here uh, uh, that he distributed to the disciples, exactly what do you think that means? Do you think that, he, that Jesus stood there with like the, the bread in his basket, like, okay, here you go, Simon? Peter going, it just kept coming, just kept coming, just kept coming. What do you think? That's what it says. It says, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. 
wonder what the mechanics of that was for all that bread to just start appearing, you know. Yeah, I mean. If the basket just kept doing this, that would make sense. Well, you know, it's, it's, is there, is that the first time something like this has happened in the Bible? No. Jesus spoke in parables a lot. A lot, yeah. Not completely, but a lot, yeah. What about in the Old Testament? The manna. Well, the manna, yeah. The wine. The water and wine, the first miracle. Yeah, that was interesting. What about that? What about that? Uh, what about that widow lady? Oh yeah, with the oil. Elisha. He told her to go borrow vessels from your neighbors, not a few. And she go. She went, sent her sons out, and they got containers. And then he told her to pour out that one little container of oil that she had left. Anyway, they. She said, "He said, pour out, pour, keep pouring, and it just kept coming until every vessel they had borrowed was full." What is strange? Is there anything strange to you about this passage? I mean, the miracles—it doesn't seem strange to me. It doesn't say anything about it, but I want to know where all these empty baskets came from. <laughs> well, I mean, there they are. There was no, I mean, did, did the disciples, did they just carry extra baskets everywhere they go? They had to eat. It almost had to be from the 5,000 people in there. Yeah, I think 5,000 people, there's surely some people had some baskets. It must have been something. Yeah. I, I mean, all right. And they were, they, they, when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments and remain, that remain and nothing be lost. Jesus isn't really big on wasting food here I see therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above them that had eaten so this distribution that Jesus did it doesn't say that he used a basket or just kept but so he just kept distributing I guess he was breaking it I I don't know it just doesn't give us those details you just would have liked to have been there to see it happen wouldn't you <laughs> when it says a lad it it's like inferring it's like a small uh, or a young yeah a young man or a child yeah one of the two a boy yeah we just did this in homeschool <laughs> he had five barley loaves and two small fishes and every time I hear a preacher talk about that, they're talking about his lunch. This is his lunch. Five loaves. Well, barley, the loaves they made, they weren't big. You know, they were, you know, pieces. They were each one a loaf. That's how they made them. Uh, but he must have brought, he must have brought uh, some to share. But he wasn't much of a fisherman. He only caught two, and they were little ones. So uh, they gathered them together, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above under them that he'd eaten. <laughs> they ate all the fish. Wasn't any fish left over. But did they eat it raw? I guess they had the, the standard to... No, it was... They, it was his lunch, probably. 
the, the bread was baked. Well, the fish was obviously cooked. Yeah. I mean, we know how we know what they did. They they built a fire and stuck a fish on a stick and roasted it on the fire. And, and you can do that; it works. Fish cooks up pretty quick and easy. Five, twelve baskets of barley loaves, which remained over and above them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When this, here's humanity at its typical, obvious condition. When they saw him do that, did they think, Oh, how cool, this miracle. And they, no, they decided they would take him by force to make him a king so he could just provide the groceries for them forever. Now, we're coming up, we're coming up here on a, a principle, a teaching in this chapter that is, uh, well, we're not going to have time for it today. But let me invite you to read John chapter 6, the whole thing, before next week. And uh, because there's some things coming up about this miracle and about what they wanted. Were they thinking about Jesus being God? Were they thinking about Jesus saving them from their sin? Were they? No, they're, not, they're thinking about their bellies. Nothing else. That's, that's all they were interested in. It would be the same for you if you could... Yeah. Is it any mystery to you why that the the, the miracles that were in the, in the first church are no longer in our churches today? If we had somebody in the church that could lay hands on people and heal them, what would his life be like? Yeah. No, he wouldn't have one and. Uh, what do you suppose his personality might turn into? Think he might have a little pride issue going on here and there? I mean, it just it's just so obvious that miracles do not do what people think miracles will do. They're for a purpose. And we'll learn that purpose later in this chapter. Go ahead. And then a lot of people would follow him instead of like, following Christ. Yeah. They, well, one of the, what we're going to what we're going to see coming up in this chapter is that they want to be able to do what Jesus did. What can we do that we might be able to work the works of God? That's coming up. And uh, you're going to learn something really important when we get to that part.